and welcome back to another edition of On the Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C, coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan, New York, joined by our wonderful producer, Miles. Miles is awesome with a capital A, controlling the ones and twos behind the glass here at Gotham, and I'm also joined by my co-host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean T. Sean, how are you, bud? Well, I'm doing excellent on this party Thursday, sun shining, skies, no rain, man. It's been raining the past couple of days. Sucked, but I'm doing well, Well, How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Can't complain. Just, you know, coming back from Washington, D.C. yesterday, did a day trip, went to Nationals Park, got to see, like, a, a blowout of epic proportions yesterday. But that that's why they're here and where they have. Washington wound up winning. Beautiful, beautiful Nats Park, by the way. Absolutely beautiful down over there in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. But we have a very special guest with us today. Joining us is... One half of George's Box, a Yankee podcast through Bronx Pinstripes. And he's also done, he's also a huge Yankees fan. I'm talking with the one and only Keith McPherson. Keith, how are you, bud? Yo, what up? I am great. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, first and foremost, man, how did you get into being a Yankee fan, number one? And number two, how did you get into, like, becoming a fan and doing all these podcasts and everything like that because it's a very interesting take i gotta say yeah um pretty naturally i've always been a yankee fan uh growing up i grew up in the shore area i'm from ocean township in monmouth county i feel like everybody down there was a yankee fan growing up um i played sports and i played baseball first Uh, i was too little to play football i ended up being a college football player but baseball was my first love because you know you could play t-ball you could play little league and uh, i remember the fall coming around and it was like everyone was wearing Yankee jerseys and putting on Yankee hats. And when I was in elementary school, the Yankees won every year, it seemed. So uh, I jumped on then and then, you know, obviously just followed it and kept being a Yankee fan. And through my own career path and my own choices I've made, uh, it's come back to me. Um, in 2014, I got picked to be in the MLB fan cave. And, I mean, I was the last year. I was the last class. And what that was was... Uh, Major League Baseball's like digital activation downtown where they picked fans from across the country to come watch every single Major League Baseball game. Uh, my year, they needed a DJ. So like I used to DJ. I went to school for radio. I just had a bunch of different things that were, were right for me to be the Yankee fan that represented um, in the fan cave that year. And every year since, I just kind of just kept you know pushing out stuff on social media going to games, meeting players, meeting other people in social media, people that do podcasts, whatever it might be. And and it kind of just organically turned into what it is today. And now we have um, Bronx Pinstripes, which I helped build, and George's Box, which we're 22 episodes in and a lot of people are liking. So so George's Box, this is, this is funny for me because I remember watching that game, that Roger Clemens game, and he's up <laughs> in the box and then – couple of years later after that, I'm listening to Boomer and Carton and Carton's making fun of Susan Waldman and everything like that. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious, George. He's in George's box. Obviously, that's where you got George's box from, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> when we started, when we started like a Google Doc to try and figure out names, we had 30 different names and nothing really stuck. And JJ, my co-host, he used to be uh, part of the like original Barstool crew. He just, you know, he's a little bit older than me, but he wanted something that like, I don't know, it was part of Yankee history, but not like a 
you know, like there's so many podcasts that are named after like the stadium or uh, the street or like, you know, you, the short porch. Yeah. You just yeah. don't want another Yankee podcast to like have that name. So we went back and we, we went through some things and uh, he came up with the name George's box from Susan Waltman's Waltman's rant. And I just laugh every time I think about it because I took her audio from YouTube and I sent it to my boy, Mr. Encore. He's a producer. And I said, yo, dude, take this little clip. Where she says George's box, goodness gracious! I'm like, yeah. yo, yo, chop that shit up, make us a beat, and that's gonna be the beat for like, or you know, the intro music for our podcast, and people love it. It's like a WWE walkout song with Susan Wallman's voice. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you have you met Susan? No, I tried in London. I swear, in London, the way the the way the stadium in London was set up, she could hear me because. It's a soccer stadium, so they put the, the where they put the press was just like in a row of seats, and my seats were right behind. Her. I'm like, Susan, we need a selfie, we need a selfie. But she does the um, the post game with like she picks a player of the game and she goes yes. down to the field. Yes. So we didn't catch her because both games she she ended up leaving to go down on the field and we couldn't hang around and get that done. But I will eventually meet her and I follow her on Instagram. She she's new to Instagram. If you guys um look her up, just Susan Wallman, yeah. and uh, I'm on her page almost all the time. Like. You know, either trolling or liking her stuff or joking around because one day we will meet. Absolutely. Hey, it might it might happen. You yeah. never know, you know. I feel like it's got to happen now. We use we use her voice. We named our podcast like almost after her, you know, definitely about after her moment. So it, it'll come full circle eventually. It will. You put it into the universe, it's going to happen. Right? Exactly. Absolutely. Go ahead, Sean. I know you want to speak. Keith, man, so my question is, the 2019 team, after their win uh, yesterday, I think were 40, 41 games, over 500 now, they're just, you know, saying that um, they're rolling through everybody. What's your take on the team this year? And, you know, obviously they're going to clinch the playoffs really, really soon here. What's your concerns, if any, do you have about this team as they head towards uh, a playoff time? Um, my take on the team is, you know, everything – is clicking. A lot of things have gone right when a lot of things could have went wrong from injuries to not signing certain guys, not making moves at the deadline. And even going back to the off season with some of the guys that we picked up and those guys now being critical parts of this team in this run. Um, I look at it like this, man. We, everyone knows we don't have the pitching per se, but Brian Cashman, this organization, they're working on it. You see us making little moves right now with minor league guys and who we're bringing in and who we're signing. It seems like we're, we're pulling arms off the street. So we're going to figure out, you know, who to get in here to, to throw the ball. We have some guys coming back from the I.L. It's a special year. Like I said, it's 10 years since our last World Series. The buzz in the Bronx is crazy. Uh, I feel like there's so many Yankee fans now. Like I've been doing this the last few years and I guess like 2014, 15, 16, as we were like rebuilding the empire, uh, it wasn't the same. But in the last two years, the hype train has has hit again. And this year, it's like everyone is a Yankee fan because they're expecting a World Series. And I think we get it done. Uh, I watch baseball every year. And, you know, going back to last year, the Red Sox, we watched everything go right for them. I knew the Red Sox were going to win the World Series at this time last year because everything went right for them. If the Yankees keep this up and we figure out how to get Seve back, even Batances, how to shore up our rotation, whether we're going with openers, whether, you know, guys like Jay Happ and CeCe Sabathia aren't starting later in the season into the postseason. I trust in Brian Cashman. I trust in our, I don't know, sabermetrics nerds and our analytical geeks. Like, these guys are going to have a plan to attack the postseason. We need home field advantage. That's why every game is important. And this is our time. You know, it's been a decade, and the Yankees are used to winning them. So 
Uh, I think this team gets it done this year, and obviously I'm I'm hella biased. <laughs> it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Here's my here's my here's my thing uh, thing uh, thing though. The pitching doesn't concern me because you guys are obviously going to score five runs a game, six runs a game, eight runs a game. But we all know when it comes to the playoffs, the game gets slowed down. Oh yeah. So you're not going to be winning games nine seven or you know what I'm saying ten to eight. It's going to be more of the four to two game, more of the five to two game and to me if the pitching isn't good now that means that you guys are going to have to depend on the uh, pen more so in the uh, playoffs and the last thing you want to do is burn those guys out so that's my only concern is that the pitching has to get better to make sure the bullpen has rest because as we know the playoffs is always a much slower game bullpen game where the starters don't really go deep into the games. If if Keith, if they could fix that, I think um, uh, they'll be fine. Yeah, I think they're working on it right now. And uh, I think, you know, these last few weeks of the season are experiment time. And uh, if you watch the Yankees closely or people listening watch the Yankees closely, um, you saw Joe Mantiply and Brady Lale pitch in a game um, we're bringing up guys that have been career minor league guys to pinch, pitch against the Orioles because it's like it's like tryout time. It's like, yo, let's see who we got. Let's see who we don't got. And let's save some of these guys like Adovino, um, Kane Lee, guys coming out of the bullpen. I look, at, I look at this team right now as like, okay, there's no way in hell J-Hap starts a postseason game. There's almost no shot that CeCe starts. Like, this is not, you know, we're not, um, we're not even, even Tanaka, right? Tanaka just had a great start in Toronto. And we haven't seen that from him in a while, but we're not banking on like Tanaka to give us that in the postseason. Everyone knows the postseason is a different beast, it different is. energy. It, is. it don't even look the same once the postseason starts. The, the excitement and the high stakes, like it's it's crazy. So I don't think we're gonna waltz into the post postseason and just roll out our you know guys. We got a guy like Domingo Herman who was supposed to have a, a innings limit, right? This guy washed his own in- innings limit away. No one's talking about it now. Right. He's saying I'm, I feel like I'm good to go. Okay, but in the beginning of the season, we were like, well, we can't stretch Mingo out too far. Mm-hmm. So if he's ready to rock, Sevy comes back. Guys like Paxton can find their rhythm. Guys like Tanaka can be solid, find his splitter, stuff like that. I'm, I'm confident. And in the AL, we know who, who's knocked us out in the past. Um, we know who we have to face. If we have home field, nobody wants to come to the Bronx and play. No, absolutely not. I was, You were probably there for all the postseason games in 2017 and in 2018. I was in the building for all the games in 2017 and 2018, and the Yankee Stadium was loud. It's wild. It's it, wild. It was unbelievable. It's it's a zoo. It's it's like I, I wasn't at all of them. I went to I went to one of them in 2017, and then I, I don't know. I get real superstitious. Uh, you know, I'll have tickets on the table, and sometimes I'll pass on them because like I'm the type of person I, I just want to be in my house watching it. Yeah, you never be- know what might happen. Yeah, the feeling that you get like I've been at like I was at the 2015 wild card I was there loss. Too. I was there too for that. It sucks and it's like yeah. okay, if I can if I can be in the comfort of my home with a beer on my couch even on Twitter cuz I'm a big Twitter guy, right. tweeting with people, like sometimes I'd rather go that way uh, cuz the heartbreak of being in the stadium when you lose is like it's literally like you you're sick the next day. I know. I was I was in in attendance for the elimination game last year, man. And, you know, you talk about being there in that ninth inning. It yeah. got loud. It got loud against Kimbrough. Yeah. And when Sanchez hit that pop-up, all the way to the warning track and to the wall, like you could feel the energy just like 
oh my god, this is actually gonna happen. You yeah, know? and it just didn't. Fifty thousand people get the air sucked out of them. All the hopes and dreams, and that's something I tell people right now because I, I like I said, I'm hella biased. I'm a big Yankee fan, but this season's gonna end one or two ways, right? Either we're gonna win the World Series, we'll see you at the parade, yeah, or there's a letdown somewhere in the postseason. Yep, and it's gonna be a crushing blow to a lot of people. You need a winner and you need a loser, man. Yep. You know, so that, that's the that's the that's the world of sports that most people don't really like understand about that. You need a winner. You can't win them all. Right. But you need a loser. And for next year going in, you got to go out there and learn from your mistakes. And any given day can be somebody else's day. The Yankees can be world beaters, 81 first team to 80 wins, 81 wins. That's right. And then October can come around. It gets a little bit chilly and guys yep. go cold. And then it's like, what happened to this Yankee team? Yeah, Absolutely. And you know, you talk about you talk about the trading deadline before, and you talk about Brian Cashman. Were you one of those guys that was like, "We didn't get a pitcher, damn"? You know, what's Brian Cashman thinking? Or were you like, you know what? You see the guys that are coming on the roster right now that are on the IL. Yeah. Did you? Did, were you one of those? Were you one of those guys like that? No. So what I will say is, on my podcast, uh, I basically said we have to get two arms, maybe three. We got to shake up the bullpen, shake up this rotation, raise the competition level, bring in some new blood. But then I did caution people. I was like, but we might whiff. And if we whiff, we rock with who we got. So I was actually in the stadium. We played the Diamondbacks. Um, I was looking every 30 seconds, refreshing Twitter for something, yeah, hoping that something came through. But the more that I read and the more that I was seeing uh, MLB Twitter and the other teams and the moves that were being made, I, I just started to realize that like there were no options for us. There were no real moves to be made. Um and now they've already kind of shown themselves. A guy like Trevor Bauer was claimed um, before the last day of the deadline. We couldn't get him. A guy like Stroman was picked up a couple days before the deadline. Like, we couldn't get him. When the clock struck 4 o'clock, Austin Romine hit a home run, like, minutes after. And I think I was on my Twitter, and I was like, yo, if you think the season just ended, unfollow me. If you think because we didn't make a move at the deadline to get a guy, unfollow me. Unfollow me. They don't give out rings on July 31st. I was a guy that was saying, hey – Brian Cashman, every single year, is trying to win the World Series. There are no better GMs in this league than Brian Cashman. Nobody knows the tricks, the ins and outs, the little things to do. Right. If he had a move that he could have made that made sense, he would have done it. Right. We're, and we're not giving away prospects. I said, look at the Blue Jays. We just, we just lost back-to-back games to the Blue Jays on Saturday and Sunday. Imagine we gave them Clint Frazier, Estevan Florial, Debbie Garcia, for Marcus Stroman. <laughs> and, you know, and you don't know if he's going to resign at, you know, the following year. It's laughable now. It's yeah. laughable now. But a lot of Yankee fans were pushing that button saying, do it, do it. Send everyone. Get Stroman. And I like Stroman. I met Stroman in the fan cave when he first came up. Cool ass dude. I was like, damn, Yankees need a guy like that with a do-rag on, pitching in New York, black dude with swag on the mound, tweeting every day that he wants to be in New York, tweeting every day that he wants to play under the bright lights. He went to the Mets. That's fine, and we'll rock yeah. with who we got. And mm-hmm. luckily, I think it's put a charge into this team, and the guys that we do have know, hey, it's just us. No one's coming in here to save the day. No one's coming in here to help. And guys like Sevier are on the fast track back. Guys like Batances are working their way back. Even guys like um, Jordan Montgomery. Mont- Monty maybe, um, Hale. Uh, like, there's other gu- arms, but, like, Let's not sleep, man. We got all-stars waiting in the wings. We got Edwin Encarnacion coming back. John Carlos Stanton, I kind of unsubscribed from because I've been frustrated with him all year. I'm like, 
Think about it, man. This year, how many home runs have been hit? The most ridiculous amount of home runs. Right. And this guy almost hit 63 years ago, and he's not playing. Yeah. Imagine if John Carlo was healthy this year. Mm-hmm. He might have he might have 50 bombs right now. Right. Yeah. So there there are there you know reinforcements are on the way. Guys are coming back. Even a guy like Aaron Judge too, another guy. You know, even though he got yeah. hurt, but still, you know, he he came back and he's trying to work his way back into playing. Judge shooting. doesn't look like himself, and I know. I mean. They talk about the oblique and him not pulling the ball. I think it's something else. I think it's more mental. I think he, he goes up to the plate knowing that they're not calling his strike zone right. He's 6'7". He's getting strikes called that are touching his shoelaces. Right. It's just I think it's a mental thing for Judge, too, because you're supposed to be the next Yankee captain, all rise, Judge's chambers in the stadium. You got your own Adidas this. You got this and this and this sponsor. But guys like Gio Urshela are out, are out playing you. Guys like DJ LeMayu in their first year in pinstripes are the best player on the team. Like, you're looked at as, like, maybe the fourth or fifth best player. Like, Mike yeah. Talkman is showing you up in the outfield. Yeah. So, I mean, I love Judge. Don't get me wrong. But if if this team is going to do what this team is going to do, Judge has to be Judge. Keith, uh, my question uh, for you, pal, is me and Will have had this talk before. When the Yankees get fully – when they get all the guys back, all the guys that's hurt, especially the on-the-field guys, what do you do when Stanton comes back? Because I'm a big believer. If it if it isn't broke, just keep it how it is. Obviously, you're not going to sit a guy that's making 300 and it's 25 million bucks, and he's one of the best players in the league. But if the team is playing extremely well, that is a tough choice that Aaron Boone is going to have to make. So if you were him, if you were Aaron Boone, when he comes back, what do you do with John Harlow? Well, Aaron Boone is going to play him. If he's healthy and he's ready to go and he says he's ready to go, you're going to put the $325 million man in. You're going to put the former NL MVP in. You're going to hope that that bat is ready to rock. Me, personally, if you listen to George's box, I said I unsubscribe. I don't care about what happens with John Carlo anymore because at this point, we also know the other side of John Carlos Stanton. He strikes out a lot. I don't need him in big spots striking out. I don't need him getting the Bronx cheer in October. If he's not ready to go, don't fix what's not broken. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If he's not really ready to go, I think, like, it's a tough situation because they said he's not going to come back until September. Right. So we'll see in September what he's looking like if he gets hot because he's the type of guy that needs to get hot. When he was playing for the Marlins and he was chasing 60 home runs, yeah. I went down there to Miami to see it. He was hitting a home run like every single day. But once he's cold, he's cold. He's yeah. just striking out. He's whiffing. We need we need contact hitters. We need guys to get on base. We got enough power, guys. That That's something that many baseball fans, many Yankee fans, don't necessarily uh, think about when, they, when it comes to the Yankees. They always think about the long ball. They always think about – and we've had on uh, – I guess Tommy Weber, who used to coach baseball, he used to be a Yankee advisor, everything like that, coach for the Mets, coach for St. Francis College. He has his own podcast here. But anyway, he mentioned the fact that home runs are kind of killing the game somewhat in a sense. And you lose out on that aspect and that feel of that small ball way of playing the game, getting that double, moving the runner over from second to third. That's what's missing. But that's what the Red Sox did last year. Right. If you watch the Red Sox play last year, it's like these guys get guys on base and they get them in. However they got to get them in, they're getting them in. I was at at, uh, batting practice for game four of the ALDS at Yankee Stadium last year. Yeah. And all the Yankees, all they were doing was hitting home Home runs in batting practice, right? Home run derby. That's all they did in batting practice. The fans loved it. 
Boston comes up, you see Betts, you see Ben and Tendy. They're all spraying the ball the other way. They're all hitting it where they JBJ. Aim. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were doing it. And that was the formula to their success last year. I got to see that firsthand in batting practice. That's yeah. the way how they went about it. Yeah. Kudos to them for winning the World Series. But now, you you know, they, they're that at this point, because of their bullpen and because of their pitching woes, they have been non-existent this year. Yeah, I, I love it. And I think it's just a, it's a World Series hangover. Um, I was envious last year. I'm like, damn, I knew that. Like I said, I knew it at this time last year. I'm like, no one's beating the Red Sox, dude. Yeah. And the Dodgers, yeah, you know, like the Dodgers might go to another World Series this year and get beat. But yeah. like, I'm like, no one's beating the Red Sox. They just play ball right. And they're not all boom or bust. They're not, they're not living and dying with the long ball. They're getting guys on base. They're getting them in, whether it's a bunt, whether it's a slap single, whether it's, whether it's going the other way with it, taking the pitch that you get and putting it in play. I think the Yankees have to... Be very, I don't know, you got to be caution, uh, caution it, cautionary. I don't even know the word cautious. right now because cautious because I'm like, I'm nervous about it. I understand Giancarlo is expensive. You know, a guy like that has to play when he comes back. You're paying him. A guy like that is supposed to be an all-star MVP level guy. You got to put him in there. But we have enough guys, right? If you look at a guy like Gio Urshela, who's hit his God level this year, this guy's figured it out in pinstripes this year. How do you take him off the field? Right. I, I can't see that. And, and then it's amazing how Miguel Andujar goes down and you have a guy should have been rookie of the year. Yeah. He gets hurt and we got a guy waiting in the wings. That's why that's why I, I rock with Cashman so hard, man. I'm like Cashman has insurance plans. He's got plan A, B, C, and D. Yep. Ready. Yep. Another question for you now, Keith, is and I thought about this recently. And the reason why maybe they didn't make the move for going out there and getting the pitching. Think about this one for a second. The end of the year, Brett Gardner is going to be a free agent. He might retire mm. if they win a World Series, right? He already said it. He's, he, he said want, he, he wants to come back. He's coming back. Okay, yeah. okay. You get him back. Maybe he plays that role of you know being a bench guy coming in and playing. But he's still a great. I love him. I love his hustle. The year after that, John Carl Stanton has that twenty twenty opt out mm-hmm. in which he could go and leave and he could do whatever. You have nobody playing left field. You never know what might happen with, with Clint Frazier and Mike Talkman at all, anything like that. Cameron Mabin. Cameron Mabin, too, another guy. An unbelievable reclamation project, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Do you think that's also a reason why they kept Clint Frazier here, if, if that's the case? Clint Frazier did it to himself. I was a huge fan of Clint Frazier. I, I'm still a fan of the kid, but uh, this is business. And, um, I mean, he showed us his bat. And he showed us his kicks. He was killing it with the with the cleat game. You know, he was he was garnering a lot of attention. Yep. This guy's on complex. Yep. Doing a sneaker show. No baseball players ever did a complex sneaker show. Yeah. But he ruined it for himself. He wasn't accountable. And the one thing they teach you with the Yankees is if you're gonna stand in front of your locker after you hit the game winning home run, you gotta stand in front of your locker after you blow the game too. And he wasn't ready to do that. Twenty four year old kid. I think they honestly keep him in uh in Scranton and then try and shop him over the offseason. But nobody wants that headache. I don't think he's a part of the plan anymore. The Yankee way, you know, the, that old Yankee way, yeah. it, it still exists. And if you don't buy in, you know, you're no better than Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter had to buy in. You're no better than Brett Garner. Brett Garner's, you know, played a certain way, conducted himself a certain Brett way. Brett Garner earned what he what he's got right now. He earned his way to being where he is right now. And, he, and he's having the best season of his career now. Yeah. And he's been doing the same thing, so I don't know. I don't think Clint Frazier is a part of this plan. 
Giancarlo, like I personally have unsubscribed. I I used to love watching him play. I just like when when we signed him, right? When he, that offseason when we signed him, what two years ago? Right. I'm like, oh, yo, you throw him in with the baby bombers. Oh, shit. here we yeah. go, man! Yep. Yep. Like the evil empire is back. But this dude, he's a he's an NFL tight end size guy. He gets hurt brushing his teeth in the morning. Like I don't know what is going on, but like I can't. It's playing with my emotions, man. I can't subscribe to John Carlo anymore. And I think that this organization is like, hey, we we got reinforcements, and then we also have the saber metric uh, guys and the analytical guys yeah. that are looking through the entire league uh-huh. and can pull guys like. Talkman out of Colorado system or Luke Voigt out of St. Louis's system. Yeah, or see that Cameron Cameron Mabin is in AAA with Cleveland and say, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll buy him off you. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. No other team does this. They don't talk about any other team in Major League Baseball with these fines. No. And think about, like I said, right, the one thing that could have derailed this season, you know, the adversity that we face, we've already overcome. It's a magical season because our replacement players – have played like all stars, mm-hmm. like Mike Talkman. When Mike Talkman first came out, I'm like, come on, we picked up Mike Talk- Talkman because Tyler Wade wasn't good enough to be our like fourth outfielder, right? And I'm like, where do you find these guys? Like now, I'm watching Mike Talkman. I'm like, this dude's a dog. Yep. <laughs> Even Mike Ford too. Mike guy. Ford, Jersey guy. He's got power. He's ready, and yep. he's not phased. When he first came up, he was a little timid, but this time around, no. Mike Ford's plugged in. He's ready to rock. Yep. Keith, um, my next question for you is, what is, obviously, you know, you go to the games and you watch the games, you talk about the games. What is the biggest uh, difference you've seen in Aaron Boone handling the team last season and handling the team now? What is the biggest uh, difference? Or do you think that there is even a, a, um, uh, a difference? What have you seen in him? and how he's going about handling the team uh, in his first two years. I think uh, he's grown up. If, you, if, if a grown man like that can grow up, he's grown up a lot in a year. He's manned up a lot in a year. He's found his, like, his presence. I joke around and call him the cool dad, but he's got that like presence with the team. That whole uh, savages in the box that went viral, I was at that game. I was sitting at 114, not far from the dugout, and it was quiet in there. And if it wasn't a weird doubleheader like that, the microphones might not have caught all that he said. Right. That moment he came out, we all were chirping because Judge got a bad call, and I think Guardy had a bad call, and we knew that it was coming. And to see how Boone defends this team, to see how Boone even talks about these guys, my guys are savages in that box. He believes that. And last year, I don't think he was so forward with stuff like that. I think he was feeling it out, and people were saying that you know he was hired to be like a media guy coming from ESPN. He knows how to be a puppet and answer the right questions and be the, you know, <laughs> just be Brian Cashman's, right. you know, manager. But yeah. no, this year he looks like he's been doing this for a long time. That's the manager of the year right there. Think about it. When he has to fill out the lineup and we lose 17 guys through the year. Yeah, that's insane. When the opening day roster has Andujar, John Carl, John Carlos Stanton, Troy, Troy Tulowitzki, right, as a starting shortstop, <laughs> yeah, and you have to figure it out. And Didi wasn't back, and like he's got he's got to trust guys. But like, like I said, I feel like he's grown up. He he looks like he's been doing this longer than two years. Manager of the year, and he's he's cool dad. He's got the swag now. He comes up, even when um Gardner got thrown out in Toronto. He comes out, whoa whoa whoa, what's going on? Was that me? No, it wasn't me. Well, it, you, who'd you throw out, Gardner? 
it was Mabin, but yeah. like he's coming out to defend his guys. And I, I said this on my podcast. I said he never has to wear the Yankee uniform. You know how old uh, old Yankee fans, ah, I don't like Boone. He doesn't wear the uniform. He's got to wear the uniform. Yeah. Yep. No, he doesn't have to wear the uniform. He can wear the, the hoodie and yep. the hat cocked to the side. Mm-hmm. Be him because what he's doing is working right now. Right. And everybody, you know, growing up, it would be Joe Torre for us, Joe Girardi. And now you have uh, Aaron Boone. He's doing a phenomenal job. And we've said it, Sean and I, we've said it on on our show that Brett, uh, Brett Boone, Aaron Boone, you know, was a puppet, you know, coming in, like you said, from it's funny how you just say that and yeah. it just you just automatically just comes to my mind like that but no he's done a fantastic job with this roster and you know you look at the team right now and you look at years back do you say that this might be the best yankee team in 30 years if they if they if they if they don't win it would this be the best team you know that the yankees had in a long time it's tough for me to say that they're the best team on uh, august 15th now, I will say that this team has overcome the most adversity. I would say that this is the most surprising team. I was not expecting to be rooting for Gio Urshela, calling him Gio the God. I was not expecting Mike Talkman to turn in Mike Talkman the Sockman. I was not expecting Cameron Mabin to ever come up. I thought he was just, you know what I'm saying? So, right. like, this team is, that's why I say it's a magical year. It's a special year. I can't say they're the best team because, like, that 2009 team, Everybody, everybody knew, right? right? From from that lineup, from top to bottom, they're like, there's no reason this team shouldn't win the World Series. Right. And then when you go back to our dynasty of the 90s, mm-hmm. the, the core four, and everybody that played around those guys, those were some beast squads. Like, just not losing. Just not losing. So I can't, I can't peg this team. Now, this team will finish with over 100 wins. This team, I do see um, – Having home field advantage, best record in baseball, first place, all that. But there could be a huge letdown. Um, I can't peg them as as the best team in the last 30 years, but I will say that they're one of the most exciting teams I've watched in my 25 years of watching um, the Yankees play. I'm 31, I'll say. 35 years I've been watching. I really can't remember from like – I remember like middle school I really started remembering, and elementary school is a blur, but I knew we were winning. So I would say that this team this year is the most exciting and has overcome the most adversity and has the potential to be one of the best ever. You know, you you mentioned the the Aaron Boone, the Aaron Boone tirade before with uh, Cameron Maven shouting out, Brett Gardner wound up getting ejected. Just want to give a quick plug to John Boy. I know John Boy. I know you probably follow him on Twitter and on That's Instagram my boy. <laughs> with all with all the videos. He's a great guy. I we had him on our show and another guy, another person too, Danny Sapola. Uh, yeah, you know Danny's dugout. Another one we had on our show here too, and even Barstool Hubs. Yeah, Barstool was great. You know, Hubs was great, but they all they all have this one this one theme here. You know, and they're they're all Yankee fans, and it's just the fact that you know, and I'm a Yankee fan as well. My partner's a Met fan. Sean, I know you're a Mets fan. We'll get into the Mets in a second. But, dude, it's just unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, the Yankee family, it's there. It's out there. And I know I've seen you guys in the luxury box. Jose, Another guy, Jose McFly, coming on our show. Joe Solano. Yeah. Great. It's just a great time. You know, it's an amazing out. time. And, and I'm so thankful that, like, we have Twitter. We have Instagram. Right. We have these ways to connect. And then you make it real mm-hmm. at the stadium. I meet people from Twitter every time I go to the stadium, and I tell people, yo, nice to meet you. We have two things in common. We're Yankee fans, and you can find us in the same place. Whenever the Yankees are at home, we're pulling up here, and we're rooting for the same team. So that we're like, 
you know, we're building this community and guys like John Boy, I've watched for the last few years. And I, and I keep saying this because I want people to be inspired by someone like John Boy. John Boy quit his job and he basically announced on Twitter that, hey, I'm going to go into this full time. I'm going to do this as like my career. And some people kind of downed him for it. Probably young kids or just people that are losers and have nothing going on in their life. Right. But he could have taken that and said, ah, oh, you know, it's going to be too tough. And I'm sure it was tough for him at some points. But now he's winning on a level where everyone in baseball knows who he is. Not only in baseball. Not just baseball. Everyone in sports right. are watching his videos. Right. You have and, guys like Joe and Evan. You have yeah. guys like Mike Francesa. Yeah. Mentioning his name. Right. All over these How videos. can you not? How right. can you not? The kid is talented. He's passionate. He loves baseball. And he works hard at it. Yep. A guy like Joe's McFly. I met Joe's McFly right before he went viral. And he had already had it. He wasn't a one-trick pony. He wasn't a one-hit wonder. He was already pulling up to Yankee Stadium. Yo, it's Joe's McFly going to see the Yankees. He had yeah. a YouTube series. You can go back on his YouTube before he went viral. Right. You know, I just met Danny, Danny's dugout. And we need more young women. I encourage her. I met her. I said, hey, you're just getting started in this. I said, I got started in this like five years ago. And I'm just starting to like hit my stride now. I'm like, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing because five years from now, you know, you'll be on ESPN. You'll be on – or not even ESPN because this whole – this thing is changing. Yeah. It's not even about linear television anymore. It's not. It's all about the phone. It's right. It's all about being on – On demand. On, on demand, on the phone. Right. And, like, we're all connecting and we help each other. We follow each other. We retweet each other. We take pictures with each other. Yeah. And we support because, yep. like my co-host JJ says, man, see you at the parade. We want to be at the parade. They should make a social media float for the parade. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a You're Yankees right. a Yankees Twitter family with all of the Yankees Twitter people and Instagram people on a float because like we're beating the drum too. Yeah. We're covering the team as this special year continues yep. and we're a part of it as well. You know, you you talk about that. He's my next go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. Before I before I go on a little little thing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Keith, so in terms so obviously, you know, they've won a bunch of games and you know my question to you is Obviously, you're a fan of the team and you're confident that they could beat anybody that they that they play. But is there a team, maybe say Houston, Cleveland, uh, Boston, Tampa, if they make it in, is there one or two teams that if the Yankees match up with them in the postseason that you're going to be a little, I don't want to say scared, but maybe a little bit uneasy? Or are you confident that, Whoever they play, they're going to beat them. They're going to represent the... Um, I respect everybody, man. I, I know that uh, it's 27 outs, and whoever shows up that day, you know, like, it could be a, a guy like Travis Darno can just go off, and then it's like, you yeah. lost, because yeah. this guy had the best game of his life. Mm -hmm. So I respect all opponents. And looking at the AL, we've got Cleveland in here tonight. We'll, we'll see what they look like. They're battling between uh, them and Minnesota for first place. We had an epic series with Minnesota. Those are both formidable opponents cleveland and minnesota could beat us um if we don't pitch right if we don't play right if we don't hit when we have to hit um i think minnesota's like breaking the record for the home runs yeah. la bomba squad they got a bunch of guys i don't know how they figured it out but they put like marvin gonzalez nelson cruz a, a couple other guys on that team and they you know they go off so Noah's back yeah and then when you look at you look at the west obviously the astros have knocked us out of it in 2017 and 2015 and i hate the astros because they're so good from top to bottom their lineup is ridiculous and then obviously the aces in their pitching staff we know 
that if we have to go to Minute Maid Park, it's not going to be easy. They have the experience. They have a ring. And they have some dogs on that team that they want to beat the Yankees. They want to be the guys. So, I mean, in the American League alone, it's, it's going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be tough. But, like I know, like I said, I know it's a special year. I know it's tough to play in the Bronx as well. And uh, I know our, our front office and our organization is working on the pitching and working on our approach and our attack, whether it's Larry, whether it's Boone, how we're going to attack you know, each batter, each team uh, in the postseason. And we'll, we'll be prepared. We'll be ready to go. So I'm not afraid. I respect everybody. I know that these are good teams that we're going to face. And I'm excited for that because that's what makes the postseason fun. October is my favorite month. Football, basketball, baseball, you, like it hockey. doesn't hockey. It doesn't get any better. You got all four major sports like in play, and baseball is the like best it can get. You know, you talk about teams that are formidable. The one team that really scares me the most is Minnesota. Here's why: in years past, as far as they've been franchise goes, whenever they go up against the Yankees, they've lost. Yeah, oh three got swept. Right, 04, they lost. Oh nine. If it wasn't for a bad call by the umpire down the left field line for Joe Mowry, that should have been a double. <laughs> you never know what might have happened. Yeah, that's 2000, in the DVD. <laughs> 2010, they had the Yankees won the wild card. The Twins won the Central. Okay. They almost beat us in the wild card in 2017. Yeah. they were. Or was up, that last I, year? That was 2017. That's right. 2017, they were up 3 nothing, and they were right there. And then Didi Gregorius ties the game. I'll never forget that. That was the loudest I ever heard Yankee Stadium. Yeah. That was the loudest. Because people were getting worried, and then it was like, oh, we're all right. Yes. <laughs> and, but that's that that there alone, like, you know, you, how many times can you beat a franchise? You know what I mean? And then the way how the baseball gods work and everything like that, it's like, okay, it's their time. Yeah, they're eventually going to get theirs. And, I mean, I'm not going to speak it into existence. I don't think it'll be this year, but they're 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 eventually going to get theirs. And like you said, the baseball gods do reward some of these teams and their fan bases. It comes around when you see like the Royals won their World Series, they might never win another World Series again. Yeah, the Cubs won a World Series, they might never win another World Series again. Like yeah. it, it does come around. Yep, you never know. You never know what might happen. But as far as like other teams go, do you follow like other teams closely too outside of the Yankees? Or not so really? I I really don't have time for it. I do watch the whole league, and I do you know I I get alerts from Bleacher Report. Obviously, I watch Sports Center, and I know most of the players in the league just because you watch it every year. It's pretty much the same guys until right. like a Aristides Aquino for the Reds comes up. This guy's hitting for the Reds. I'm like, where'd they find this kid? He's got nine like, home runs in fourteen. Like, games. What, where'd the they fastest. get this guy? Yeah. Um, so like I do pay attention, but I'm so locked in on. Okay, who's starting for us? Right. What's the lineup? Okay, what's you know what's our guys' batting averages? What's our record? Right. What's the rest of the AL East doing? Then what's the American League doing? Mm -hmm. Then what's the National League doing? Right. So, obviously, Sean, I know you want to talk Mets for a little bit here. I know you've been following. You follow the league, just you know what might happen, what goes on here, everything like that. I know you're a diehard Yankee fan, but. What's your take on the Mets' recent success? And you can't. It's funny. You can't avoid the Mets. I was I was looking at apartments a couple of weeks ago, and I had my Yankee shirt on, and uh, we just get to talking. And, and then you know, my fiance is like, "Yeah, my my boyfriend's a big uh, Yankees uh, fan. He you know he covers the Yankees." And this guy goes, "Oh, the Mets are the Mets are heating up." I think it was last week because like the Mets had their streak, right? And I'm like, I don't care. He's like, "Well, you can't cover the Yankees and not." cover the Mets and I'm like you're 100% right you can't avoid that if if the Mets you're are good right if the Mets are good even though the Yankees are in first place and the Mets are just trying to get in a wild card right you still can't avoid it so here's my take on the Mets 
I think that the Mets are setting their fan base up for failure. Really? Yeah. You think that? Okay. All this hype in. Thank you, Keith. Thank you so much. <laughs> All this hype. I've been hu- trying to tell Will this. The past week. Thank you so much. Like, I mean, they put their fans through enough. But all of this hype in early August for a wild card spot to get, like, half game or game into the wild card. Like, you know how quickly that can be taken away. Uh, I saw, like, Jeff McNeil pulled up lame two nights ago with, like, a hamstring. Like, little by little, it could start falling apart. Right. And then everything that's in the news between, like, okay, so they got Stroman, and that was like a punch to the Yankees. And then we seen that fan go viral that had on the Yankee jersey and the Mets hat. Yeah. And so Yankee fans all of us are like, what is that about? And then they're playing the Nationals, and they're chanting, Yankees suck. I was, Yankees there. I was, suck. There. I was there at City Field for that game on Saturday night. Be careful. Be careful what energy you put out. We're talking about the baseball gods. Could be setting you up for a collapse. Yeah. And it could be one of those collapses where, like, you collapse in, like, the last week or two of the season, and it's like, oh. Yeah. We were so close to making a postseason run, yep. and now it's a long-ass winter. Mm-hmm. You never know. You never know what might happen. You know, but the one thing that I will say here is this. If you get that second wild card spot, if you're the Mets, and you play up against the team, we seen it last year, and it was a crazy set of circumstances with the way how Colorado had to go from Los Angeles mm-hmm. to Chicago. And then they went on to beat Chicago to go on to the NLDS. Yeah. Okay. You and even when San Francisco made it into twenty, what was it, twenty fourteen? They had the one game wild card playing and got hot. Yeah. Same same thing. You never know. You never know what might just happen. Just got real October. hot. Yep. You just never know what might happen. And with the Mets, the fan base, they're believing that place was loud on. Saturday. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen everything. Uh, the place was loud. It's all you can't you can't avoid it. It's all over social media. All of a sudden. Everybody that I follow on Instagram from high school to college is showing up at City Field. I'm like, I didn't even know you guys were Mets fans. Right, right. You know, I, I just went just because friend offered me a ticket to go. I was like, okay, I'll go. You know, just to see. 80% off tickets after Alonzo won the home run derby. Kind of yeah. smart now that you look at it. Buy one, get one free, too, at, they, during, at the time. They did those deals, and now they're packing the place, and the atmosphere is crazy. But like I said, hey, I, I caution their fan base because you can get all excited and and early August and then it could fall apart in September, late September. It could be, and it could be by a game or two. And it's like, yeah, that's it. All she wrote. Yep. Go ahead, Sean. And Keith, man, and, and that's all. And that's what I was trying to tell Will. What I was trying to tell Will was I'm like, yeah, the streak looks nice and it sounds nice. And it's this and that, but call me Labor Day weekend or Labor Day week. And if they're a game out or they're in the first or second wild card spot, then we could talk. Yeah. We've seen teams get hot when, you know, seven out of eight or nine out of ten or whatever the case was. And to me, it was just a streak. Like, we've lost three straight. We're probably going to gonna get swept by the Braves uh, later on. And it's not me speaking in a bad way about the team that I love. It's just me being a Mets fan. And you have a expectation of just when things get good, this shit gets bad. That's just the expectation that we have, Will. So, yeah, it seemed nice. And on the other flip side, Keith, and and I'm sure you'll uh, agree, the only reason why the Mets are in a wild card race is because the National League stinks. The Brews <laughs> aren't who we thought they would be. Yeah. The Reds are Surprisingly, bad. Surprisingly, yeah. The Pirates are bad. The Cubs, 
And who did you guys be? You got, yeah, you guys have. It wasn't like I mean, like the, the Dodgers are coming to town soon, right? Yeah. See, let's see what right. let's see what happens against the Dodgers. And even the right. Cubs too. So that was my whole thing. I'm like, we're only in the race because the rest of the National League is pretty bad. So I tempered my expect patience uh, uh, while Will was trying to get me all riled up and cheering. And Will, I'm kind of glad that I stuck to my guns because if I would have went so high. Now that we've lost a three straight games, I would have came back down to earth and I would be pretty mad. But because I didn't get so high, we've lost the three straight games. And well, my reaction is the same, same moments. Yes. You never know. You never know, man. Once, once September rolls around and once the middle of all, you still got what, 20 games left in the division and there, anything can happen. You never know. You never know. Yes. Atlanta is a very good team. I know yeah. that. And yes, the National League is bad. We know that. And yes, the opponents that the Mets have played over the course of their winning streak and even during, you know, from the trading deadline, yes, it, they took advantage of that. But, you know, you figure that they they turn it around and they did. You know, you never know what might happen. So that's that's all I'm saying. You just never know. You just never. It's like the the, the fan in Major League. Yeah. You remember the fan in Major League? Yeah. Oh, they suck. They suck. <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, shut up. Shut up. What are you doing? You I know? say this, like I said, Mets fans, don't get too high and don't get too low until you know what you know. Stay even keel. That's it. That's all you can do. You know, and I have friends that are Mets fans that some of them, they don't, they don't take the bait. Right. And that's what I encourage. Yo, don't take the bait. You guys, you guys have seen some collapses. You guys have seen this team break your heart. Yeah. Don't take the bait. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I mean, so, Keith, in conclusion of this, just tell the fans how we could listen to the show, how we can follow the show, and all of that good, good stuff, man. Yeah, no problem. So, it's George's Box Podcast. You can search it on all podcast platforms, mediums, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I think it's even on, like, Stitcher or something else. Uh, we, we just put it out there on everything we can. We have an Instagram and a Twitter that's at George's Box Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Keith McPherson, K-E-I-T-H-M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. It's the same on Twitter, but there's an underscore in between my first and last name. I got to like write to Twitter and just try and get uh, the actual handle of just my first and last name, last name together. Yeah. Um, and then you can also follow JJ, my co-host. Like I say, he's a former barstool guy. He's funny. He's a comedian. Um, he's got like 30,000 followers on Twitter. He's at JJ from the Bronx on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, just look out for our stuff online. You'll probably catch it. If you're on hashtag Yankees, Twitter, look up hashtag Yankees, Twitter. Also look up hashtag replace for 28. That's my thing. I made up with these, uh, replacement players and our whole moniker being chase for 28. We've been chasing our 28th championship. This year's a little bit different. I called it hashtag replace for 28. That's picking up. I think I'm actually making some like t-shirts or something soon. Um, yeah, if you're a Yankee fan and you're listening to this, it's, it's easy to find us. BronxPinstripes.com as well, at BronxPinstripes on Instagram and Twitter. You know, we didn't even talk about the schedule coming out. and We didn't even talk about the Field of Dreams game. You know, just a quick take on what, what's your thoughts on it. Because usually the, the schedule, it's weird now. Yeah. Over the past couple of years, it comes out earlier and earlier and earlier. It seems like that, yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get that. It's Major League Baseball trying their hardest to make baseball cool again right. and create that buzz. Uh, the Field of Dreams game 
I think is cool. I think it's a great activation. Mm-hmm. I think it's super lame that they're only going to make 8,000 seats, but that's a part of it too. I'm sure they thought that out. Yeah. It's going to be super premium. Um, not everyone's going to get to go. Mm-hmm. London had 80,000 to 100,000 seats, so there were some empty spots in there. But right. I think I think it's a an effort from Major League Baseball to try and make baseball cool again instead of just your 162 games at the parks. Like, let's do one in London. Let's do one in Iowa. It's the first ever Major League Baseball game in Iowa. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to look cool for television, whether Fox or ESPN or MLB Network host it. I'm trying to go. I have a friend <laughs> – in the Yankees ticket office, I have a friend in the White Sox ticket office. I have friends inside Major League Baseball, and they all have no info. They all are telling me, hey, we'll see what happens with this. It's pretty tight-lipped right now, but I think it'll be dope. I'm glad that the uh, you know the White Sox are smart to put the Yankees in it, but I just hope there's enough tickets available so I can witness it, capture it on social media, talk about it on the podcast. Right, absolutely. Keith, it was a pleasure talking baseball with you, man. Solid, man. You, you know, I know... You got everything going on right now with the podcast and George's box and you going, doing your own thing, everything like that. Dude, it was a pleasure having you on talking sports with us. Today. Yeah, thanks, man. I uh, I appreciate it. I like the studio a lot. Um, appreciate you, Keith, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be supporting. Let me know how I can share the podcast. Make sure you guys tag me. Make sure you guys, you know, put everything in front of me so that I can say, hey, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, go listen. Right, because this was one of the best, this is one, this is a really, really good episode that we recorded today, and it's awesome, you know, to say the very least. And to have you, you know, like I said before, with the with the number of, fa- with the number of Yankee people that we've had on here, yeah. as far as podcasts go between Danny's Dugout, John Boy, Jose McFly last year, who we got, we have to get back on again. I love him. He's awesome. I met him. Great guy. And, Eric Hubs from Barstool Sports. And we'd love to have your partner on too. You know, mention yeah. it to him, definitely. You know, once the postseason rolls around, you know. Yeah, when he's up here more. He lives down in like Philly, Pennsylvania area, but he's from the Bronx. So, you know, he'll just get a hotel room for the weekend and watch the series. So I'll I'll definitely peg him. Once once he sees me tweet this and put this out, he'll probably ask anyway. So we'll we'll get JJ in here. Absolutely, man. Can't wait for that. For everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for Miles, our wonderful producer controlling the ones and twos today. He's awesome with a capital A. And for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, along with Mr. Keith McPherson from George's Box, a great podcast for any Yankee fan to listen to. And for my co-host, Sean Thomas, I'm Will Trucci logging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.